where we're going to do something funny to start the podcast? No. Cool. Welcome to the Power Word Dumb Podcast, where we talk about the dumb and silly things in D&D. I'm James. I'm Ryan. And today, we're going to be delving into a new world. Mm -hmm. A world we have never delved into before. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, It's a world... It's new. It's a new world. I would say repurposed. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, in a way. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's, it's new to us. Some would say stolen. I mean, that that is... that is Some some people could say that. I think most people do. Um, guys, so what we're going to do is... Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, letters of the alphabet here on this podcast. We Mainly D's. Mm-hmm. D's nuts. No, I'm just joking. I don't get it. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, ask your kids. They'll, they'll tell you. Okay. Um, no, we're talking about D&D all the time, but today we're going to talk about A and I. The... Um, Alan Iverson. Oh. Uh, I don't I don't know hockey. Oh. <laughs> well, the only thing I know about hockey is everyone's talking about the Stanley Cup for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, they, they, it's become really popular this year. I, you know, it, I think it's nice that a lot of women are getting into the sport. Yeah, I mean, it's equal. Op- it's 2024, Ryan. Is it? Women can totally be into the Stanley Cups. But there's a law against it, though. Is there? Yeah. What? Which one? The the law. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, we're gonna jump into some AI. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna, you know, Ryan and I are out here doing this podcast. It's kind of hard for somebody to just DM and one person to play. It's not impossible, but. We thought let's outsource it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the uh, the results are terrible. Uh, I can safely say that all DMs don't have to worry about AI DMs because uh, there's a big push for like Wizards of the Coast to start like we're gonna include AI DMing, and uh, it's gonna be bad. I can tell you that just based off some of the stuff I've done. Well, the great thing is AI is as bad as it's ever gonna be mm-hmm. right now. Yep. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it gets better. Maybe with input from players and DMs like us. Input? You mean like they're just like stealing our data and like putting it into a big smorgasbord? Yes, Ryan. That's exactly what I was saying. I hate AI. I just want to throw it out there. I think it's the worst fucking thing. It's 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 not great. <laughs> it's well, it's not the worst thing, but um, it, but it, for the purposes of this podcast, it's pretty funny. Oh, it makes great content. You're absolutely right. <laughs> So um, what we're doing is there's actually, uh, so let me back it up a little bit. I was going through and I said, you know, it would be fun to see AI DMing, see what it's about because I've never experienced it. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people are using Chat GPT mm-hmm. to uh, feed it prompts and then have them run through a campaign. But what happens is there's no failure whenever you do it. If you want to go beat up a dragon with your cock out. And you've got nunchucks. You can do that, and the, the chat GPT is like, "Good job, you succeeded." Yeah, I tried to use a uh, a chat app that I had downloaded just to play around with, and there was a you could search for who to talk to, and one of the options is a dungeon master. So I put it in, and I was like, "Okay," and I clicked on it, and the first thing it says is "Roll initiative," <laughs> and so I said, "I roll a d20," and it said, "I got a 20. and so I was like, "What did I get?" Oh. The scenario is this. <laughs> Sounds okay. like I'm not invited to play with you. I retract my statement on hating AI. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want to start every session with Roll Initiative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, so, but I discovered another system that is okay-ish. Okay. There's still some sketchy things about it. Sketchy is in like it might steal your car or uh no it uh it is do you know how a phone sex line charges you? <laughs> I would like to say no. Everyone yes. does. Even if you've yeah. never called one, it's like per the minute. It's like Yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah. I had somebody try and trick me with one of those the other day. Huh? I, I do I do phone support for a, a technical company, yeah. and we got an email ticket that came in, and it was somebody who was like, "Hey, give us a call back," and the phone number was a nine hundred number. Cool. Hey, no, it's not. Oh. So it's a business thing at that point, right? But you'd still have to pay. Well, the business pays. You don't. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. What's their number? I'll do. <laughs> you guys need contractors. <laughs> uh, but the way this works is, 
I, I don't want an outum because I don't know the. I don't want to say it's bad because I don't really know what goes into something like this, like financially and tech wise. But they charge you per prompt, per line. So you buy like a like a package. The thing that we're using is called Fables and Friends, which is a Discord bot that everyone can uh, participate in. Like you can have a group of people and you can have a DM. But each time you do a slash command to have it do something, uh, that chart it doesn't like charge you because you pay. I think it's like ten bucks and you get eleven hundred, which is like uh, I think it was which like a- sounds like a lot. But if you have multiple people playing in a game, that that's going to go pretty quickly. But also, uh, a few people were saying that some of the prompts weren't what they asked for. Right. Right. So if you if you said, "Hey, I wanted to do this," and then the I, I, the one time the DM didn't even get back to me, <laughs> I had to check on the AI. <laughs> um, so that in that that air quote charged me. So in uh, after you get past your initial eleven hundred. It doesn't stop it, but you get charged uh, per line after that, and it's like a cent per line. Mm. So it's this weird, like internet cafe sex phone line okay. pricing scheme, and I'm like, that's really weird. So that's the only thing that I can't really encourage people to do this because the pricing is a little weird. Yeah, but for a silly story to listen to, absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, so. What you can do. It is an interesting system. If you want to check it out, you get 30 lines for free. It's called Fables and Friends. That sounds like a guy I knew in college. 30 lines for free? <laughs> it was not D&D he was huh. selling. Ah, he was selling math. Yes. Okay. Equations. Equations. Mm. Cocaine. Um, so it's really, it's really kind of cool because you make your character and you do your setting and then it puts you right in a setting and it gives you very detailed you know, settings and environments and things like that. Um, but I, you, you'll see. Okay. You'll, you'll see what it does. So James is going to be playing the role of the DM. This is the first time he's DMing. I know, right? I'm excited. This is just, this is just <laughs> the free stuff to get him hooked on it. Maybe he'll do it a little bit more. And I'm playing Opus, the level three wizard. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, that was is one. this the penguin from the comic strips in the newspaper? Uh, uh, no. Oh. Elaborate. There was a comic strip when I was a kid. Uh-huh. It was about you know, the character's name was Opus, and okay. he was a penguin. Oh, it um, wasn't a good one. It was, well, it was probably good to adults, but to little kids, not so much. Oh, really? Was it like an adult thing? Yeah, it's kind of like Doonesbury. Ah, uh, okay. Mm. Don't know what Doonesbury is. It's it's the most adult, like political comic strip you've oh, okay. ever read. <laughs> All right, so uh, James, if you'll go ahead and start us with the first line. Your journey begins. Opus, you find yourself in the bustling city of Frostholm, nestled at the foot of the towering Frost Peak Mountains. The air is filled with the scent of freshly fallen snow, and the sound of merchants haggling and children playing echoes through the streets. You are here to attend the annual Frostholm Arcane Symposium, a gathering of the most esteemed wizards and scholars from across Avondale, The event is held in the Grand Frostholm Academy, a sprawling complex of towers and libraries. As you make your way through the crowded streets, you notice a commotion near the entrance of the academy. A group of scholars and guards are gathered around a peculiar contraption, emitting a soft, pulsating glow. Curiosity piqued, you approach to investigate. What's up, my necromancers? As you approach the group of scholars and guards, one of the scholars, a middle-aged man with spectacles perched on his nose, turns to you and greets you with a warm smile. Ah, greetings, fellow wizard. Have you come to witness the wonders of the Frostholm Arcane Symposium, he asks, gesturing toward the peculiar contraption. This, my friend, is a newly discovered artifact, believed to hold the great magical power. We are still trying to decipher its purpose and unlock its secrets. Care to lend a hand? His eyes gleaming with excitement. Out of character, I say, give me more details about the contraption. Oh, no, I did that in character, my bad. (laughs) Give me more (laughs) details about the contraption. To be fair, you did it both ways. (laughs) The scholar adjusts his spectacles and leans in close, eager to share more information. This contraption, he begins, is unlike anything we've ever seen before. 
It appears to be a combination of intricate gears, glowing crystals, and arcane symbols etched into its surface. We believe it holds immense magical potential, but its purpose remains a mystery. We've tried various spells and incantations, but nothing seems to activate it. Perhaps you can bring a fresh perspective and help us unravel its secrets? He suggests, his voice filled with anticipation. Out of character, I ask, do I know this man talking to me? As you take a closer look at the scholar, you realize that you don't recognize him personally. However, given your background as a wizard and your involvement in magical circles, it's not uncommon to encounter fellow scholars and researchers at events like the Frostholm Arcane Symposium. This man seems genuinely enthusiastic about the artifact and eager to collaborate with others to unlock its secrets. Out of character, I'd like to roll something to see if I can have more information about this man. Of course, Opus. Please go ahead and roll an investigation check to see if you can gather more information about this scholar. Let me know what you get. I got an 11. As you observe this scholar, you notice he carries himself with an air of confidence and knowledge. His spectacles are slightly smudged, indicating that he spends a lot of time poring over books and documents. You also notice a small insignia on his robes, which signifies his affiliation with a prestigious magical academy. From your investigation, you gather that this scholar is likely well-versed in arcane studies and holds a respectable position within the magical community. Back in character. All right, Daniel, I can see that you have a lust for big metal objects just like me. Let's be friends. Tell me about your big, hard, and erect metal contraption. The scholar Daniel chuckles at your enthusiastic approach and says, <laughs> I see you have a keen eye for the intricacies of magical artifacts. This contraption is indeed a fascinating piece. Its purpose and origin remain a mystery, but we believe it holds a great magical power. I'm eager to collaborate with fellow scholars like yourself to unlock its secrets. Shall we delve into its mysteries together? And at this point, the game, uh, it hits you with a prompt. It says, do you want to accept this quest? Do you want to ignore it? I hit accept the quest. Daniel smiles and nods, appreciating Opus's enthusiasm. I'm glad you're on board, Opus. To begin, we need to gather more information about the contraption. I believe there are some ancient texts in the Frostholm Academy Library that might hold clues. If you could retrieve those texts for me, it would be a great help. In return, I can offer you access to the Academy's restricted section, where you can study rare and powerful spells. What do you say? Uh, I accepted the quest again, apparently. Yep. Um, but the uh, he hit accept, and it gives you a prompt of like what quest you're accepting. And then after that, I go into, all right, Daniel, I'll get this done for you. After I'm done with this task, you want to go grab some chicken wings? Daniel chuckles again at Opus's suggestion. Chicken wings sounds delightful. Opus, once you've completed the task, we can celebrate our success with a feast. Now, to retrieve the ancient texts, you'll need to make your way to the Frostholm Academy's library. It's located within the Academy grounds in Frostholm, the bustling city at the foot of the Frost Peak Mountains. The library is known for its extensive collection of magical texts. Retrieve the texts and deliver them to me here at the Frostholm Arcane Symposium. Good luck, my friend! Cool. Can I borrow your car? I left my keys in my other spellbook. Daniel chuckles at Opus's request and shakes his head. I'm afraid I don't have a car, Opus, but fear not. Frostholm is not too far from here. You could easily make your way there on foot or by using public transportation. <laughs> Just be sure to keep your spell books safe. Good luck on your journey. <clears throat> and then this next part, I made, a, I made a mistake and I thought it was a really interesting response. I say, I kiss Daniel, right? In the, or, well, I misspelled Daniel, left out the E. So I guess Danny, is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Danny. I kiss Danny right in the mouth and jog backwards to Frostholm. As the dungeon master, I remind Opus that they cannot take actions for other player characters or non-player characters. Instead, I ask Opus what they would like to do or say next. Sorry, I meant to say that I kiss Daniel right in the mouth and jog backwards to Frostholm. Let me think. And I got no response, so I had to ask, You good, bro? To the AI. <laughs> Daniel smiles and nods. I'm good, Opus. Thank you for asking. Now, are you ready to embark on your quest to retrieve the ancient texts? What would you like to do next? I said, uh, yeah, bro, let me get a quick kiss and we can leave. 
Daniel chuckles and takes a step back, raising his hands in a playful gesture. I appreciate the enthusiasm, Opus, but let's save the celebrations for when you return with the ancient texts, all right? We have a quest to complete. Are you ready to embark on your journey to Frostholm and retrieve the texts from the Academy's library? Fine. When I return, I expect a kiss. In fact, I've drawn up a 13-page contract We will keep <laughs> that will keep you contractually obligated. Please sign here. After that, we shall begin our quest. Daniel raises an eyebrow at Opus's request and the contract. Opus, while I appreciate your enthusiasm, I'm afraid I can't sign a contract for a kiss. Let's focus on the quest at hand, retrieving the ancient texts. Are you ready to begin your journey to Frostholm and retrieve the text from the Academy's library? Out of character. I'd like to see if I can roll to convince him to sign the contract. As the Dungeon Master, I understand your desire to convince Daniel to sign the contract. However, in this case, Daniel has made it clear that he cannot sign it. Let's keep the focus on the quest at hand and retrieving the ancient text from the Frostholm Academy Library. Are you ready to begin your journey to Frostholm? Okay, then can I make a roll to convince him to promise me a kiss on the cheek upon quest completion? Opus, I understand your desire for a promise, on, for a promise of a kiss on the cheek, but Daniel has already declined. Let's keep our focus on the quest to retrieve the ancient text from the Frostholm Academy's library. Are you ready to begin your journey to Frostholm? Fine. Daniel isn't that attractive anyway. With a chuckle, you brush off Daniel's attractiveness comment. All right, Opus. Looks like we're going. To, we're on the same page now. Are you ready to embark on your journey to Frostholm and retrieve the ancient text from the Academy's library? Uh, before, out of character, I ask, do I have any money or equipment for this journey? As a level 3 wizard, you would have started the game with a starting equipment package. You have a spell book, a component pouch, an arcane focus, a wand, a scholar's pack, and a set of traveler's clothes. In terms of money, you would have started with 10 gold pieces. Is there anything specific you would like to purchase or prepare before your journey to Frostholm? Not at this time. What spells can I cast? As a level 3 wizard, you have access to a variety of spells. You can cast spells from your spellbook, which includes a selection of spells that you have learned. Some of the spells you can cast at your current level include Magic Missile, Shield, Sleep, and Burning Hands, among others. Is there a specific spell you would like to cast or any other questions you have before setting off on your journey to Frostholm? Nope. Opus is ready. Excellent. With your equipment and spells prepared, you set off on your journey to Frostholm. The path ahead is treacherous with towering mountains and harsh weather, but you are determined to retrieve the ancient text from the Academy's library. As you make your way through the snowy landscape, the wind's howling at you. You, can help, you can't help but feel a sense of excitement and anticipation for the adventure that awaits. And this is where it got weird. I was expecting... This is where it got weird? Okay, okay. I just wanted a kiss. That was all. I couldn't fucking get a kiss from Daniel. I was really upset by that. But I respect the AI for not giving in to me. Right, right, right. I was really trying to push it to see how far I could get it. Yeah. But uh, it gives me the option to continue, or to be complete the quest, or continue. Before, before you read any further, what are you expecting to happen as soon as you hit complete quest? I assume... At this point. I would assume that it's kind of like a, like a, I don't know, like a, one of the old text-based games. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, you've done what you set out to do. Mm -hmm. It is it is complete. Okay. Because um, that's not what I expected. Oh. I expected complete this part of the quest, and then we're going to go on a journey. Oh, okay. Um, I say we skip over this next part because basically it says you completed it, you continued your journey, and you were successful. Good I was job. Like, I was like, well, I'm done? That was easy. This fucking shit's... I can go grab a sandwich I'm now. Speedrun D&D. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm a level 20 now. Uh, and so that was very jarring. I will say, maybe hitting continue quest is a little bit different. Okay. But that needs to be communicated. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So uh, after that, uh, uh, why don't you read the final line of this three-paragraph thing that it hit me once I hit complete quest? Opus. Having completed their quest and achieved their goal, is now faced with a new decision. What would you like to do next, Opus? I respond. I'd like to explore the restricted section. As you express your interest in exploring the restricted section of the library, Daniel nods with a smile. Of course, Opus, he says. You have proven yourself to be a capable and knowledgeable wizard. 
I believe the restricted section will provide you with valuable insights and further enhance your magical abilities. Then, sorry, and we're going to skip over the next five paragraphs that it hit me with, because <laughs> that's that's those that's the five paragraphs that I said we yeah, needed to jump over. That's fair. Because I'm like, holy fuck, and that's the, the also the paragraph that it teleported me. <laughs> no, okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the last two just okay, because okay, I think. Okay. okay. As time passes, you also attend the grind the grand feast. Wait, nope. Oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. You spend hours, days, and even weeks delving into the knowledge contained within the restricted section. You uncover forgotten spells, ancient rituals, and hidden secrets of the arcane. Your understanding of magic deepens, and you become a more formidable wizard. After your time in Frostholm, you feel a sense of accomplishment and growth. You have unlocked the secrets of the restricted section and expanded your magical repertoire. Now, with your newfound knowledge and connections, the world is open to you. What would you like to do next, Opus? Me, uh, taken aback by the a source of power that I've just unlocked in the span of a week. I, I guess. think this is like the, the in whenever uh, Doctor Strange goes to Comertage. Oh, okay. and and he's doing all the training, but then he's also reading while he's sleeping. Oh, he's like astral projecting. Yeah, that's what I did. I astral projected in yeah. my sleep. Is that like nocturnal uh, astral yeah. projecting? Yeah, nocturnal projecting. Is yeah. that what that's called? Okay, nocturnal ass missions. <laughs> um, so I was a little bit confused. So I said, uh, "What new magics did I learn?" Through your extensive studies in the restricted section of the library, you have learned several new spells. Some of the spells you have discovered include Arcane Lock, which allows you to magically secure doors and containers, Misty Step, which allows you to teleport a short distance, and Counter Spell, which enables you to interrupt and negate other spellcasters' spells. These new spells will surely enhance your magical abilities and provide you with more options in your future adventures. What do you like to do next, Opus? Uh, I didn't have a clear direction, so I decided to go a route where I wanted to explore a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> so I say, I have my manservant, Nitro. Bring me the morning paper so I can read the help wanted ads. Oh, looking for a quest, I see. As you call for your manservant, Nitro, he quickly scurries off to fetch the morning paper for you. After a few minutes, he returns with the paper in hand and hands it to you. You unfold the paper and begin scanning through the help wanted ad, looking for any interesting opportunities. As you peruse the listings, you come across a few intriguing options. A request for a skilled wizard to assist in a dangerous expedition to recover a lost artifact. A call for a magical researcher to study a newly discovered arcane phenomenon. And a notice seeking a spellcaster to aid in the defense of a small village against a growing monster threat. Which of these opportunities catches your eye, Opus? I wanted to, now at this point, we went on an adventure that was kind of pre-scripted. Right. Okay. I wanted to say, let's go off script with the DM. Let's see what we do. So I say, all of these are boring. Are there any ads for a paladin training course? As you search through the help wanted ads, you don't come across any specific ads for paladin training courses. However, you do notice a general advertisement for a renowned warrior academy that offers training in various combat styles, including paladin techniques. The academy is located in a distant city and is known for producing skilled warriors. Would you like to pursue this opportunity, Opus? So, out of character, I didn't know that I had a limit on the number of things I could do. Right. So, I wanted to... I said, yes, I was going to do this. But, before... Going back into character, this is what I told the AI. Before I venture off to become a paladin, I want to check and see if there are any hot barbarian single ladies in my area. As you expressed your interest in finding potential romantic connections, you decide to inquire about the availability of single barbarian women in your area. You ask around and gather some information, but unfortunately, it seems that there are no specific advertisements or listings for single barbarian women in your immediate vicinity. However, you do hear rumors of a nearby, bar nearby barbarian clan that occasionally visits the city for trade and festivities. If you're interested, you could attend one of their gatherings or events to potentially meet someone. What would you like to do next, Opus? Absolutely. I put on my lucky underwear, kick Nitro back under the stairs, grab my axe body spray, empty the can into my beard. Let's go meet barbarians. 
As you prepare to head out and meet the nearby barbarian clan, you take a moment to ensure you're looking your best. You adjust your lucky underwear, give Nitro a playful shove back under the stairs, and generously apply your axe body spray to your beard. With a sense of excitement and anticipation, you set off to find the barbarian gathering. As you arrive at the location, you notice a lively event filled with music, dancing, and laughter. The barbarians, both men and women, are dressed in intricate furs and armor, showcasing their strength and prowess. You spot a group of single barbarian women, chatting and laughing amongst themselves. What would you like to do next, Opus? I guess they all had, like, I'm single uh -huh, name uh -huh. tags on them. They're under a banner. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, I approach the single barbarian ladies and say, Can you teach me how to be a barbarian? As you approach the group of single barbarian women, they turn to face you with curious expressions. One of them, a tall and muscular woman with fiery red hair, steps forward and asks, Why do you wish to learn our ways, stranger? I wish to leave. No, I'm joking. Uh, sorry. <laughs> what would you like to say or do next, Opus? I respond, because I have this poster of Arnold from the movie Conan the Barbarian, and it inspired me to become a wizard. I quickly learned that Conan was not a wizard, but I was too deep, so I finished at Wizard Tech. Since then, I've always wanted to be a barbarian ever since I was a little goblin. The red-haired barbarian woman raises an eyebrow, clearly intrigued by your response. A wizard wanting to become a barbarian, huh? That's not something we hear every day. Well, if you're serious about learning, we might be able to teach you a thing or two. But first, you'll have to prove your worth. She gestures to the group, and they all nod in agreement. We'll give you a chance to show us what you're made of. If you can best one of us in a friendly sparring match, we'll consider taking you under our wing. But be warned, we don't go easy on outsiders. The other barbarian women step back, forming a circle around you, and the red-haired woman. She cracks her knuckles and adopts a fighting stance, her eyes gleaming with determination. What would you like to do next, Opus? I tie my handkerchief around my head like Daniel's son did in The Karate Kid. I quickly inject myself with ogroids, uh, gaining massive strength. I then engage in Mortal Kombat. The red-haired barbarian woman watches with amusement as you tie the handkerchief around your head and prepare for the sparring match Suddenly, you flex your muscles, and it's clear that something has changed. Your newfound strength is evident, and the barbarian women around you seem both surprised and impressed. The red-haired woman nods, acknowledging your transformation. All right, wizard-turned-barbarian. Let's see what you've got. She charges at you, her fists clenched and ready for battle. As the sparring match begins, the other barbarian women cheer and encourage both of you, creating an electric atmosphere. You'll need to use all your strength, agility, and cunning linguist, I mean cunning, to outmaneuver your opponent and prove your worth. What would you like to do next, Opus? Additional information. Ogroids, <laughs> a mysterious substance that grants the user temporary strength and size, but also carries the risk of unpredictable side effects. Daniel-san, a reference to the main character in the Karate Kid franchise, who famously tied a handkerchief around his head before training or engaging in combat. Confidence, 95%. And then that's where I found out that I had a limited number of replies. Because I was getting, you know what, I, in all fairness, I was getting engaged in this. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Let's see where this, where this goes. And then I got blue-balled right there. Just, You're just going to edge us right there. Yeah. Oh, no. no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I will say, it is very interesting with what they're able to do. I didn't get it to a point of combat, though. Right. I, I was hoping that, because that's really what I wanted to see, because combat is where it gets kind of weird. Because right now, it's kind of just like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. Uh huh. And uh, I was interested, because I saw all of a sudden, hey, you have additional information, uh, you have confidence 95. I'm like, okay, cool, where is this going? And then, boom, it's like paywall I'm like right. oh you sons of bitches so uh, we'll explore it a little bit if it's something that people like yeah I'm, I'm okay to you know spend that money because it is it is kind of funny um but you know i just 
I just wanted to try it out and see what you thought. No, I think that was really fun. It was? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, maybe that is something we could do. Yeah. Um, so, and the cool thing about it is it's, you know, if this is if this is all you got, if there's no one DMing, yeah. then you can just kind of ring it. This is definitely better than nothing. <laughs> You're right. Um, but the only thing is, is like, it gets a little wonky with some of the things they can do because you can just kind of tell it, which, I mean, I understand the rule of cool, but in in I injected myself with ogre steroids. Right. And it was just like, all right, cool. You got ogre steroids. <laughs> We're not quite sure what those do. But yeah, but sure. you got it. So that's that's the issue with AI. Um, there's no nuance in a, in a lot of things that it can do. It's it's all like, it's all or nothing. Uh, except for like the, it really wouldn't let me kiss Daniel for some reason. <laughs> I was just like, dude, just let me kiss him. And hey, we man, can fucking move on. 2024. Consent is key. Uh, this isn't in D and D. This is this was, uh, I believe, way before then. Uh, was it? Yeah. No, I'm Are sure. You sure? <laughs> uh, I thought it was like a Star Wars thing. It's like a long time ago, <laughs> galaxy far away. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Homopho- homophobia was still a, a, a bad thing in Star Wars. You <laughs> did. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that was. An interesting experience. It yeah. really was. Um, I, I I don't know how a single wizard is gonna like work in this world, uh, but apparently really fucking well if it just teleports you from place to place. Going, yep, you did it. Good job. Well, I don't know with your barbarian girlfriend you're about to get and all her friends. It might be a great uh, traveling party. I felt a little weird that it went fully into the single barbarian ladies. I'm like, I don't know if I want to like. How, how smutty can this get? Well, and this is uh, maybe that's what some campaigns need. You got uh-huh. those players that want to fuck everything that walks. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you need a DM like this. He's like, okay, okay, we're go gonna for make, it. We're gonna make this X-rated. But it was also I'm I'm also sitting in a Discord room by myself talking about seducing a a, a, a barbarian lady. There was a little bit of part of me that's like, this is fucking pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've got a girlfriend. I mean, I, I talk to women, but there was still this weird element of like, God damn, if, I'd be embarrassed if someone saw <laughs> if I That's progressed fair. any further. I mean, no shame. Especially if you got beat up by the girl. I know, right? Thank God for those ogre steroids, right? <laughs> you know what we didn't talk about this, yes, uh, last episode? What's that? Your story about your, uh, your monkey brain competition for the weightlifting. The what? You were, I don't want to spoil the story because you said uh, you were exercising with someone. Oh, uh, yeah. I went to the gym with my daughter and one of her friends who are 16 and 17. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to walk on the treadmill. But then my daughter's friend was like, I want to lift weights Mm -hmm. because she had taken like a weightlifting class over the summer. So she was really into it. And I didn't, my daughter was just like, I'm not going to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to embarrass myself. And it's one of those things where like, there are times when I'll tell my daughter like, you know, go do it because it's not embarrassing. It's just, that's just how you learn. And then, but this was just one of those times I could tell that was not the answer. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well you hang out over here and I guess I'll go hang out and lift weights with a 16 year old girl. So the first thing she's like, let's go bench press. I was like, okay. So she goes and loads weight up on the bar and she's like, okay, uh, add a little bit more. So I had some more on there. She does a couple of reps. She's like, add a little bit more. So I had a little bit more. And then she's doing reps. She's like, I think I'd add a little bit more. I'm just gonna keep going until like I struggle to do five reps. And I'm like, okay. And so she does that. And then she's like, okay, you want me to take take some weight off for you? <laughs> and I was just like, no, I, 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 can, I can do that. Uh-huh. I haven't, I, full transparency, I haven't used a bench, like I haven't benched weight yeah. uh, in at least six years. Uh, and that was one time. Before that, we're going all the way back to high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like freshman year of high school. Like when I was younger than the people I am lifting weights with now, uh, and I was just like, I can do it. I'm a I'm a grown man, mm-hmm. so uh, I I sort of like lay down on the bench, get all set in, and I I do five reps real easy. And she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, you did that really easy. You want me to throw like a, a bigger plate on? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So mm-hmm. she throws some on, and then I'm like, Oh, okay, nope, uh, <laughs> just yep, I'm gonna and I and I I did five reps, and she's like. I think you. I think you can do more. And I was like, I don't know if I can, <laughs> but I did it anyways. And I was. I'm not gonna lie. A little struggling. Uh, and then we proceeded to go do, like, row pull things. And my, 
my caveman brain was like, oh, you have to do more weight than this 16-year-old girl mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Even if it's hard. Mm-hmm. Even if you, like, pull something and you die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. At least you died lifting more weight than this you, 16-year-old girl. You died like a man. <laughs> I was sore. <laughs> For like three days. That's fine. You were sore like a man. I was sore like man. <laughs> man who got hit by truck. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was not. It was not as much fun as I thought it was going to be. I just love that story because you know, even it's like no matter no matter how like how much progressive yeah, oh, your, your mindset is, you still have that fucking man juice in the back of your uh-huh. brain going. You fuck. You can't. You can't pussy out there. You gotta fucking man up. You can't let this fucking little you know piss shrimp show you up. You know you can't do it. You gotta get in there. You gotta fucking be. I don't care if you're fucking sprain something. You're not gonna say anything. Exactly. No. We'll go no. put Ben Gay on it later, but we're not gonna tell anyone. Not at all. We're gonna just gonna keep. We're gonna keep lifting. So now I have to like. I'm gonna have to like secretly go to the gym by myself. On top of like going with my daughter and her friends so that I can keep being stronger because I don't want to look like a weakling. Just do steroids. Oh. We got overroids. You, you you work in the medical field. Can you, can you, can you hook me up with some of those? Yeah. Okay. I told you we got ogreroids here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got syringes. We got to we just pop it in there real quick. <laughs> What's your bench now? We'll double that. <laughs> you, ever, no. you, ever, you ever bent a bench bar? <laughs> Number redacted. <laughs> um, so, uh, so getting back, getting back to the the D and D AI, um, I didn't actually see a whole lot of people uh, on YouTube actually running this. Yeah, um, and I did. I watched someone run it. I was like, oh, this is the reason you don't see a lot of people do it because this is fucking boring. <laughs> so that's why we did it the way we did it. Yeah, because just like typing out the responses, uh, you sitting there, did it read read read. So there was a few responses that we actually cut out that were yeah. kind of just boring, um, but. I was I was impressed by the amount of detail it gave you, but it's a lot. It's Absolutely. a lot of detail. And it, I I definitely think it helps. Like you don't have to do voices and things when you're when you're DMing or whatever, but I definitely think it helps add, especially for this, like mm-hmm. a, an extra level of like, oh okay, cool cool cool. It helps me like visualize. Who mm-hmm. is talking? Oh, you're referring to the okay. All right, yeah. So you're the the yeah. voice you did for the barbarian. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the, honestly. That's one of the more fun aspects of DMing is like doing voices for characters. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, um, but I always do that. I always yeah, like that a lot. same. Okay. All right. So that wraps up our segment on uh, AI uh, DMing. Uh, normal DMs. If you're worried about your job, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, AI yeah, is yeah. not coming for you just yet because it can't really detect the nuance. Of, uh, of, of certain things. Um, That's right. Uh, human DMs, as long as you're letting your characters kiss NPCs, yeah. you're safe. I didn't realize that uh, maybe it's just homophobic. Maybe this AI hates gay people. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Canceled. Oh, yeah. Hashtag let the men kiss. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, wrap up with that. Um, I wanted to cover something for you before we move on to like, uh, I have some more like, uh, did you just like DM help questions that I thought were really fun? Did you have anything you wanted to touch on real quick? Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, I wanted to go over some more game stuff with you that, uh, the, our game yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yesterday, I, t- I told you I was removing the defense. Yes. All right. So, I'm bringing it back. All right. So, and here's because I noticed I actually ran my daughters through a session of it yesterday. Okay. Um, and there, I got to some points where, uh, if you're not familiar with the game system, where James and I are making our own game system, it's card based. Uh, you use each turn, you get three action points. Um, <clears throat> one of my daughters was playing a cleric, and the cleric is a melee fighter, um, but they have a range attack. But she was doing a lot of stuff where she was just using her ranged attack and staying back perfectly fine. But she would have one action point left over uh-huh. each each turn. My other daughter was playing a barbarian, and so she was up there. She was spinning all of her AP, no problem. Um, so I decided I really need to have something that you could dump that one AP point into. Right. Um, but I didn't want to make it all powerful because... Initially, the reason I removed defense was because everyone was saying, oh, I'm just going to do defense every single turn. It's like it's like a have to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck, what, what am I going to do about this? I'll just take it out. Well, fuck, now I have just one point left over for the cleric ca- class. So I, I came up with an idea. 
I added support dice. Okay. So originally the system, you just needed three dice. Right. You needed your D20, you needed your damage dice, and that was it. Right. Now I've added the D4 dice. Okay. This is your support dice. You use this whenever you have, like, buffs or something. Um, You'll roll it uh, for defense if you take the defend action. Uh, When you're attacked, you roll the D4. If you get a 4, you defend uh, 1 damage. Okay. So it's just, uh, it's it's something a little bit more engaging and a little bit more uh, impactful to, to do for, for people who don't want to, like, who want to stand back and they have just one action point that they don't know what to do with. Yeah, that so makes that, sense. Yeah, that's the reason I did that. Cool. Um, I also, uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time with the Bard, James. Yeah? I spent a lot of time with the Bard because my Bard, the Bard was always a fun one. Well, always. The Bard was always a fun one. Uh, the bard in its current uh, status is a uh, it has three health four mana okay uh, it is a character that is more support but also very crowd control based like right. they have the skills to make a monster turn to your side for one turn mm-hmm. and stuff like that but they don't have a whole lot of damaging abilities I think they had one and they are range attackers and they do d4 damage but they had the inspire ability and Inspire is pretty much like its current iteration in Dungeons & Dragons. Right. Uh, you give the people a D4, and then they, they can use it whenever. It caused a few issues with, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's just one action point. Okay, I'll just throw out Inspiration. Everyone has Inspiration at all times. Okay. And it got kind of weird. Um, so I limited it to you have one Inspiration dice. You have one D4 that you can give to someone. Okay. And, that's, and then they spend it. And then the really cool thing I'm excited about is I've let the inspiration dice, it can turn a roll into a crit. So if you roll a 19 and you have inspiration, you're going to get a crit because you're going to get at least a one on the D4, right? Right, right, right. I thought that would add more mechanics or more engagement to the bard. Okay. Um, They also have their AOE inspiration. They give everyone inspiration until the end of their next turn during combat. Right. Then I had a breakthrough. Uh-oh. What is the one quality that most bards have? Hoarding. Yes. I have changed their inspiration dice to arousal dice. <laughs> Let me land on this one, okay? So instead of inspire, it's now arouse. So... <laughs> are we sure that's an advantage? Yes. Have you, have you, there are certain things that are difficult to do. When... Have you... The power of boners is one of the best driving forces in a lot of things. How many... How many kingdoms have been conquered because of boners, James? I'm just thinking you don't see a lot of Olympic athletes just like hanging they're ten. Not, they're not erect the whole time. You could still be aroused and invigorated oh, okay. with the chance of laying some pipe or laying some vag. I don't know the term for that one. Laying some taco. I don't plowing well, a field. Plowing a field. Getting plowed. I, I don't know. You know what? It's probably not best for us to discuss this. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Um, But uh, (laughs) but then it led to another problem, Uh James. (laughs) So you're familiar with the chest, the chesty chest. Yes, yes, yes. So every class has a chest that they can open in uh, in the common deck. You can either get a key or uh, a specific class can open it. Uh, For the bard, Brandon, my friend Brandon came up with the idea or I came up with the idea of putting tits on it. Brandon came up with the idea of calling it the chesty chest. Well, I said, you know what? What if there's children playing? It's going to be real weird to hand them something that says chesty chest, and it's a, it's a chest with tits. Right, right, right. Right. So here's this. So I made a PG version of it, which is just a chest with a bra, and then I made a G version of it with just a chest that is a uh, has like a loot attached to it or something nice. like that. It's just called the music chest. Um, and I'm like, fuck, I gotta do this. I gotta make a, I gotta make a censored version of the entire bard. Cause you're not going to want to hand a kid the bard and say, <laughs> here's your arousal dice, little Timmy. Well, you know, I mean, so, um, uh, but I've changed it to, um, the, adding the D4 really helped a lot of issues. Okay. Um, because I, I'm thinking about, um, Making the bard their arousal dice a d6 instead because right now their d4s their damage is d4. Yeah. So instead of just giving them like two d4s, giving them 
a D20, a D6, and a D4. Okay. The D6 is their inspiration. Or, yeah, and that's so. Yeah. Um, so make it a lot more powerful. I don't know. Yeah, that might be too powerful, though. We'll just see how it works. That's why we play test, baby. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's where I'm at with the game. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited to get back into to start it tomorrow, finally. Yes. <laughs> And by tomorrow, we mean two days ago. <laughs> yes, January 22nd is when we are starting back. We were supposed to start last week, but... Snowpocalypse. Yeah, snowstorms. Um, so, I, you know, hopefully I could get people in and out. But we're doing the third episode. We're doing Petty Cash. Yes. Um, this is where we have our first uh, mini-boss. Uh, I got to redo the maps because uh, apparently when I printed out the maps, they were way too fucking dark because it's like it's like a nighttime m- mission. Okay. Um, and it's nighttime. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost black. I'm like, fuck, this turned out bad. Um, so we'll see how that works. I'll probably end up. People are going to go through it. And they're going to like trip me up so much of it because every time I put something on the board, the players uh, always, always change something. Yeah. Uh, or make me think of something else. So um, I'm excited about that. And then uh, I read. I, I scrapped the idea of the the um, uh, the boot camp. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I, I scrapped that whole thing. Okay. Instead, I put an encounter in the beginning of uh, a whole lot of trouble. Okay. I put an encounter that about the guards um, that kind of teaches people how how combat works, and it also helps get them items. So um, there's there's been a few uh, adjustments. Um, but lastly, I want to talk about Crazy Owl. Tell me about Crazy Al. So, Crazy Al, our, our game doesn't have levels. Instead, it has upgrades. So, buying new spells, buying new abilities, upgrading abilities, and mm-hmm. things like that, right? So, um, I have a bunch of new mechanics to add to classes and stuff like that. And now, now classes have spell books, kind of. Um, a class can only have up to four spells. Okay. Just because it kind of gets a little bit wonky if you start just buying spells and you have like eight cards, right? And especially if you're trying to have a quicker paced game. Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating than getting to somebody's turn and them going, oh, I don't know what I, let me see, let me look through. Yeah. Yeah. But the the thing uh, with with the cards is that was, I, that was part of my reason of hoping to prevent that is because you have your cards, you have that that tactile thing right in front of you, you know exactly what each one does because you've looked at it several times. Right. Um, you always have a quick reference and stuff like that. Um, normally, I had all of the cards, or all of the spells on one card starting out. Mm-hmm. I've scrapped that. Each card has its own, or each spell has its own card now. Okay. So um, I've got a bunch of new ones like that. Had a lot of fun designing those. Nice. Um, you know, you've, uh, you've, um, I've added a bunch of new spells. Um, about it, upgrades and things like that. I don't have them all done yet. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to at least have something prepared and something ready for a few of the players for the upgrades. Um, Crazy Al is supposed to appear at the, at the, the bar scene kind of messes with me a little bit because if I had just three hours to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do, right, I could put Crazy Al in the beginning and make the story a little bit faster. Yeah, but because we're working with these time frames, it's kind of weird. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but Crazy Owl is, in your home games, whenever I release the content, Crazy Owl is after the first episode. Okay. Uh, Crazy Owl is now encountered with a very um, familiar ogre. Oh. Uh, Bebo. Hey! <laughs> uh, Bebo's back. Uh, I took a lot of inspiration from uh, the Abominable Snowman from Looney Tunes. Yeah. When he kidnaps Bug Bunny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll, I'll hug him and squeeze him and call him George. Yes. Um, I took a lot of that. So basically, uh, Bebo is a character who is uh, basically wanting to keep Crazy Owl as a pet because Crazy Owl's a raccoon. Okay. Um, and he's just like, just petting him really hard and Crazy Owl's going, I don't like this. So <laughs> putting putting this scenario, putting the, the players, you walk up upon this scene where there is a giant simple looking ogre uh stroking a raccoon and the raccoon looks uncomfortable what do you guys do if they ignore it you don't have access to crazy owl yeah or something happens with crazy owl crazy owl looks at you and goes i know you you're the ones who who left me with the ogre you go to hell or you have to pay extra or something <laughs> like that you know so if you want to dick over crazy owl sure yeah you can fully do that but he you know what goes around comes around absolutely so but yeah that's 
where I'm at currently right now with the the game design. So we'll see how we'll see how the defense works. Um, I'm excited to see it. Me too. Me too. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very like very anxiety inducing. Okay. To to with the idea of releasing it. Fair. <laughs> because not it always seems not perfect. Like the cards seem wrong. I seem I could do those better. Um, you know, I, I ran a batch last time just to test print. Uh-huh. Uh, the cards were too big. I'm just like fucking hell, man. So I, I'm, I'm trying. I think I said I think I said like two weeks ago I'd have it out, but uh, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it out when I'm ready. I'm not gonna say a date, yeah. but I'll put it out when I'm ready. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, fuck, it's free. You guys can suck my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that cost extra. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, and then like, I think I'm going to do, um, I saw like another idea I had was currently you've seen the cards. Yeah. They're pretty like pretty ink demanding. Yeah. So I think I'm going to redo a a printer friendly version Okay. and just have, uh, like just kind of a simple thing you cut out kind of like almost an index card almost or yeah. if you don't have a printer saying here's what you write on the index card or here's what you can tape to it or, or something along those lines i mean yeah. you, can, you can even do it with sticky notes if you wanted to that's fair so i mean it's it's not print and play it's it's scrap and play um that's that's what i really want because you know, not everyone's scrap and adapt scrap scrap and adapt there it adapt is. to scrap um but yeah that's that's what's up on on that so wraps up that i could talk i could talk to ad nauseum about the game you could i could we have been talking for almost an hour really really we're at 52 minutes let's get to 53 minutes okay let's pause This has already been too long. It's been 15 I, seconds. No, okay. <laughs> no. Was a, that was oh my god! Seconds. That was a, it. Was an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> that bit. That was such a bad bit. <laughs> Let's wrap it. All right, and with that. This has been another episode of the Power Word Dumb Podcast. <laughs> I have been James. I have been stuck in an eternal minute. Yeah, it's just, I think it's, it's it's all the being trapped in the snow. It's made us a little stir crazy. I've been going out. I've, oh, I've well, been, I've been everyone was trapped inside during the week. I was at work. <laughs> I, I had to work from home. I've been stuck in the house. Anywho, uh, if you would like to interact with us, you can do so on Instagram at instagram.com slash powerworddumbpod. You can come and see us in person at Crafty Bastard Brewery on Monday nights mm-hmm. from 7 to 9 at 6 Emory Place, Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You can also uh, go check out Ryan's minis at his Etsy shop at etsy.com slash have mini will paint. And yeah. That's uh that's another adventure. Fuck you. Hey, <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.